Each November, before there was such a shopping holiday as Bank Friday or Cybersecurity Monday, there was this thing called Thanksgiving. How did it become some waystation between Halloween and Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Sadie Hawkins Day? I don't know. We're going to do something about that because there is a holiday that no one, no one in financial services can ignore, and that is Thanksgiving. Back again for round three, the Bankadelic Thanksgiving Holiday Extravaganza with five, count them, five superstars from the world of fintech gracing our table to talk turkey, to gobble up insights, to pass the cranberry jelly my way, because once it lands in front of me, nobody gets any more. And so left to right, if there is such a thing as left to right on an audio podcast, Will Tumulty. CEO of Rapid Financial Services, Rick DeLisi, the lead research analyst at Glia and co-author of Digital Customer Service, Transforming Customer Experience for an On-Screen World. Brian Cost, President and Managing Director of CMFG Ventures. Rob Strickland, Chief Revenue Officer at Verifest. And Brad Tompkins, Chief Information Officer for Virgin LMS. They're here. You're here. It's the Bankadelic Thanksgiving Holiday Extravaganza. And I'll tell you what a year for Thanksgiving because we have seen things happen in the last 12 months that I don't think anybody could have possibly predicted. There may be more wildness to come. And I don't mean a food fight at the table, though that can be arranged. (laughs) And as we get rolling, I'm going to ask everybody to tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves and answer this question. If you could invite one extra guest to your table this year, past or present, who would it be and why? So we'll start out with you, Will. Will Tumulty, the CEO of Rapid Financial Services. Take it away. Hey, Lou, thanks very much. It's great to be back with you again. So I'm Will Tumulty. I am the CEO of Rapid Financial Services. We're a small business lender based in Bethesda, Maryland. And so if I could invite one guest, I would love to have Dave Chappelle join me and my family for Thanksgiving. He's a very interesting and obviously a very funny guy, and I'm sure he would liven up any holiday feast. He also happens to be from nearby in the Washington, D.C. area, so I'm hoping he can just stop by on his way. Fabulous. Next up, the one and only Rick DeLisi, the lead research analyst at Glia. Great to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Glia, of course, is the leading provider of digital customer service solutions for banks and credit unions. If I could invite anybody to the Thanksgiving table, since we're speaking theoretically and fantastically, it'd be Steve Jobs. Because 15 years ago, when the iPhone was first introduced, little could we have realized at the time how much our behaviors would change as a result. Virtually all of us have become digital first human beings as we go to our screens first, 
for virtually anything we need, help, information, communication. We've truly become addicted to this thing that he created 15 years ago. And all the credit and blame belongs on him. Yeah, him and my kids that won't give me back my phone. <laughs> <laughs> now, next up, Brian Koss, the president and managing director of CMFG Ventures. What do you say, Brian? Great to be here. I'm the president and managing director of CMFG Ventures. We're the venture capital arm of Keenan Mutual, and it's been you know quite the roller coaster ride over the last two years in the fintech space and in particular around venture capital. If I could invite one person to Thanksgiving, it would have to be my fellow former Wisconsin native, Chris Farley, and in particular, have him come in character as Matt Foley, who, for your listeners, you may recall Matt Foley was the motivational speaker who lived in a van down by the river. And I think I could use a little bit of motivation heading into 2023. So he definitely would be the guest of honor. And he'd be a great guest. Rob Strickland, Chief Revenue Officer at Verifast. Let's hear what you have to share. Yeah, I'm Rob Strickland. Thanks for having me, CRO of Verifast. We are the single API solution for multiple direct source data providers to provide all the verification analytics digitally to give you a single source partner and solution to drive workflows across that loan manufacturing supply chain. I think continuing with the celebrity theme, I kind of a movie buff and many moons ago saw kind of a quirky Thanksgiving movie called Home for the Holidays. It's kind of got an all-star cast, but one of the guys there, Robert Downey Jr., we're pretty much the same age and been tracking him a long time. He's a quirky guy. He's had a roller coaster career. I think he's had some major lows and major highs. And I imagine a very lively Thanksgiving feast, especially when the tryptophan kicks in and you know, he's the kind of guy who likes to violate convention and challenge the status quo, and I kind of identify with that. Speaking of stars, I feel like you and I should be taking this show on the road, Brad. We're back again <laughs> together. Brad Tompkins, the Chief Information Officer at Virgin LMS. Yeah, it's great to be here, Lou. I always enjoy talking to you. Virgin LMS, obviously, is a loan management system for the entire lending industry. We do cradle to grave all the way from customer acquisition through to collections, all the way from top to bottom. Good to meet with you again. I'm going to admit it was kind of my nightmare to come last with this question. So I racked my brain for two minutes before we got on this call. And actually, Chris Farley entered my mind. Dave Chappelle entered my mind. Robert Downey Jr. was not it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go at the risk of sounding trite and say, Lou Carlozo, would you like to come to my <laughs> dinner at Thanksgiving? Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, you want, obviously, someone whose hair is unkempt, who wants to eat all the stuffing before anyone else gets it and tells really bad dad jokes, like a duck walks into a pharmacy and says, give me some chapstick and put it on my bill. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds like a date. <laughs> well, you may regret that invitation. And moving along, I have been racking my brain over the last month, and I'm actually thinking about writing an ebook on the subject the inflationary spiral right now. People who are much smarter than I am have told me, Lou, it's not just one thing. It's several things. It's as many as a half dozen different things or more. And now talk of a recession coming out of the inflation. The latest 
news out of the government measurements that inflation has downticked a bit and the stock market takes off, but one downtick does not a recovery make. And I'm just wondering with all of that going on, with the markets going crazy, with a lot of tech properties trying to figure out where they're headed, massive job cuts at Twitter and Meta, what is there to celebrate here and be thankful for in financial services? And whoever wants to jump in and get the party started, now's the time. Hey, it's Rob. I'll take a crack at it. It sounds counterintuitive, but I really take advantage of disruption, right? I mean, we typically make great strides and change and innovation when we kind of get thumped and we get smacked across the head with something we didn't see coming. And it's a reminder that we have to kind of nurture what we have in the present so that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves and continually improve. And if you think about what happened in 08, yeah, we came out of that with more regulation and more costs, but we also came out with kind of the fintech evolution where we are investing money in digitization and it required everyone to relook at all of our processes. So I look at these cataclysmic events as kind of wake up calls for people to lean into it and take a hard look at their processes and evaluate technologies and have an opportunity to take a leadership position and potentially leapfrog competition if you look at it that way. So to me, it's an opportunity. This is Brad. I'd like to dovetail off Rob there. I think he spoke to some key points. And the big thing specifically in lending, I think we're in a so much better position than we were in 08 because of the innovation and technology strides that we made during COVID, right? We were forced, and a lot of lending institutions were forced to use alternative data to underwrite, to meet their customer where they are. And really that broadened the spectrum of credit availability up and down the credit tiers. You know, it used to be lower tiered creditors or credit receivers, they were kind of outside of the mainstream. But now with, you know, broader access to data, they have availability to get the financing they need during times that are tough like these, where they're met with cash flow issues that they need to respond to. I think fintechs, banks, and, you know, other lending institutions are more prepared to meet those people where they are. Brad, this is Will from Rapid. I'll echo what you said. Being on the lending side as a lender to small businesses here at Rapid, we've made great strides over the last couple of years in our financial technology platform to enable exactly the kinds of things that you're talking about. Those not only enable us to move faster for our clients, but also to lower costs and better manage the credit profile of our book. So those are the things that I think that lenders start doing before there's a recession. Usually it's not the assets that you book at the depths of recession. Those usually turn out to be pretty good. It's what you're doing beforehand. This is Rick from Glia, and I think every bank ought to be especially grateful right now for the customers they already have. New customer acquisition is always sexier and always rings the bell a little bit louder in the boardroom. But especially now that we are in an uncertain economic period, Hanging on to and building the loyalty of the customers you already have is essential. The last thing in the world you need is to be losing customers at this point. And so thinking very specifically about customer experience 
and even more discreetly, the experience of customers who have a problem or an issue, and they need to reach out to you. You need to create the most seamless, effortless experience to build on the loyalty that you've already achieved with those customers. So don't take your current customers for granted and be thinking about everything you can do to modernize and digitize the service experience. Where the technology exists, you could offer somebody a link, they can, a borrower can grab a link, offer their credentials to their financial profile and run a cash flow in five minutes and qualify them for numerous products while simultaneously reducing risk, which is what I think Brad said he was doing, right? And it's just a phenomenal time if people are willing to kind of pull the head out of the sand, look at what they're doing and say, I know I can do it better and differently. Lou, this is Brian. A couple things that I certainly am thankful for and really excited about. You know, one, as the head of a venture capital fund, we invest in a lot of companies in the fintech space that are really focused on financial inclusion and you know, reaching the underbanked segment of the population. And what's been really exciting to see is the growth of these companies and how they've found business models that are successful in providing that financial inclusion to a much larger segment of society. So, yeah, that's fantastic to see. And the other thing that I'm also equally excited about is just the collaboration between fintech companies and traditional financial institutions, and in particular, credit unions and some of the smaller community banks, because I think fintechs are going to be critical to level that playing field to enable more of community-based financial institutions to remain competitive and relevant. And what I've seen over the last 12 months in terms of collaboration and the strategic relationships has really been phenomenal. Indeed, it really is all about community, collaboration, rising up to the challenge. You all gave great insights here. Rob, I want to amplify something that you said. I could not agree more when you talk about how adverse times can bring out the best in us in a disruptive fashion. COVID-19, absolute panic, seven years of fintech progress in one calendar year. It was absolutely stunning. I don't think anybody could have seen that. And something I think that I know I'm still thankful for in 2022 because we have made great leaps forward. Now, not to get into a food fight here with anybody listening, I will say this as a setup. When I was writing about investment at US News and World Report, I always cautioned people and interviewed experts who said the same, not to read too much into the headlines or panic as a result of the news because that only encourages taking one's eyes off the ball, forgetting the big picture. And we've had so many different headlines this year that may have served a distracting purpose. I'm just wondering, what's the one side dish you could do without in terms of news that has been reported about the industry? I'll take a shot, Rob. From Verifast. So on the one hand, we've already talked about a cash flow underwriting, and that's available. And Freddie's making a move there. And the president of FHFA said, you know, we're going to move there. We're going to go there. We're going to make these initiatives, but it's going to be a few years. And counter to what this panel is talking about, that always makes me scratch my head and gives me a little bit of pause because I'd like leadership 
and I was thinking of JFK, right? We, we go to the moon because it's hard. And if you have a plan and you are thoughtful about the technologies and the processes and the things that you need to do and you engage the right people and provide the right incentives, there's so much we can do more quickly. And it's certainly a reason I'm not involved in government, but the ability to move faster is always there and smart. We're intelligent folks and we know how to make trade-off analyses and risk analyses and good decisions around how to employ technology by documenting your processes first. So while it's a good pivot moving these initiatives, I'd love to see a little bit more of the confidence in moving more quickly with a plan behind it. Here's how we're going to move more quickly. So it's a slight side dish that's not too tasty, but part of a casserole that should be pretty good overall. I guess one news headline I could do without is reading about another company in the crypto space collapsing in a matter of days. <laughs> yeah, it's been really a pretty astonishing rise and fall of a lot of companies you know, in that space. And unfortunately, it can kind of taint the broader value of fintechs in general. It can rattle consumer confidence in some of these companies and kind of the sooner we can wash some of these companies out and focus on a lot of the positive that's out there with many companies that are, are growing will be great to see. And then kind of the other offshoot of that is in the venture capital world. We just hear and talk to so many companies now that are having you know challenges raising capital in this environment. And you know what I tell to those companies now more than ever, looking to strategic partners to raise capital I think is a great way for a lot of these fintech companies to continue their growth, not only by getting capital in the door, but also utilizing the strategic relationships that those types of investors can bring. And, and you know, we've seen just a lot of new companies that have reached out. And so we're excited about that. Hey, Brian and Rob, I just want to ask a question. Is that market efficiency in your mind? I think of that as, you know, sometimes the gold's too good to be true, where whatever company went out of business, they either burned cash too quickly, they didn't have a plan, they weren't mature enough, or was it really just bad timing and bad luck? I think it's more than just bad timing and bad luck. I mean, I think in some cases, these companies grew too fast and were burning capital too quickly. You know, it's a combination of mismanagement and inability to bring in new capital to stabilize things. I mean, in some respects, it almost kind of reminds me of the days of the financial crisis where you had some of these investment banks that got over their skis and in a matter of days saw the businesses collapse. And so it's a culmination of things, timing and mismanagement. This is Brad, you know, speaks to Lou's point in the beginning that, you know, too frequently in media in general, but specifically in the financial industry, is the media picks its darlings, right? And they may not be the most mature darlings to pick, but you know the media hyper-focuses on whatever they feel or want to drive as the hot new ticket in lending or technology or fintech. We almost set ourselves up knowing in the normal course of business, a lot of businesses don't make it but we make them so high profile. And then it really, it's counterintuitive because you know some of them are gonna fail and it's gonna erode that confidence. You know, like Brian pointed out, you'd like the focus to be on the more mature technology partners that are working hard to understand market needs and working to meet those needs, not necessarily the sexy trying to create a new market, high risk 
type industries. But unfortunately, the media focuses on those a lot. This is Will. I'll build on Brian's earlier comment about capital. We see it on the lending side, not just in terms of equity capital, but with the central banks uh, across the globe raising rates, the choppiness that that's creating in the bond market, making it very difficult for a number of financing companies to actually get their issues placed. We were actually just out and fortunately had a good offering just about a week ago. But some of the big players that are out there are having difficulty even raising capital on the debt side. Lou, I'll take your question in a slightly different direction. Of course, I'm obsessed with customer service experiences. And thinking about the Thanksgiving table, if you have a big enough family, isn't there always one side dish that appears on the Thanksgiving table every year that, in fact, nobody likes? <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of turnip dish or some beet-oriented dish. But... In the customer service world, the thing that virtually everybody hates is having to call customer service on the phone. And as branch traffic decreases and as we become more digital first, it behooves companies to come up with a way to be able to have live interactions, face-to-face -face human interactions with their customers that don't require a phone call. Of course, that's what the Glia platform is all about, creating the seamlessness of enabling a customer to invite a service rep into their digital interaction with a press of a button on their own screen. But I think we can generally all agree, having to call customer service on the phone is a distasteful side dish that we could eliminate from the table. Absolutely. And all of you just came at that question with refreshing viewpoints. I know for me, at this Thanksgiving table, you are all here for a very good reason. You are contributors to the industry. Many of you have been on the podcast before. You're all friends and you're all, all making a difference. And I really would love for each one of you in sort of a Thanksgiving toast type fashion to brag on yourselves a little bit. What have you been most proud to bring to the table in 2022 and that you hope will make a difference in the year ahead? Lou, I'll kick that one off. You know, here at Virgin, we've had a pretty interesting 2022. We've done a lot of interesting customer acquisitions and new markets, but mainly we've done a lot of product-focused development, mostly around our call center origination and servicing modules, kind of speaking to that customer service-driven focus that I think lenders need to take going into the future specifically banks, they really need to work on their customer service capabilities and meeting customers where they want to be met. I think that's really the future. So we've focused on that going forward this year, and it's already paid pretty big dividends for us closing some key deals. And I think it's going to help us continue that trend. Additionally, contrary to some of the news as a technology company, we've also been able to grow from a resource perspective and really grow our ranks and bring on some really key employees that we're proud to call members of the Virgin family. And we're going to continue to do that. So I know the news recently has been that technology companies in general and some fintechs are contracting, but not so for us here in Mississippi and Texas. So we're excited to keep growing. Yeah, that's Rob. I feel almost more lucky that a colleague of mine from a past life pulled me into Verifast and we're doing a pretty simple concept that I think resonates, which is, you know, one partner with a single API to get all of your banking, payroll, tax, 
digital ID analytics in one place. But what to me personally is more valuable is it's a really, I think, different mix of my gray hair with 25 years experience and some really strong upstart tech guys on the team that don't come from the business and are looking at the problem differently. And I started in the LOS POS space, and it's a much smaller footprint, which in terms of the technical footprint makes it, in my mind, much more modular. And I've only been here five months, but we are delivering for clients in a way that to me is exciting. We can do a lot in a short amount of time. And I think someone mentioned earlier, you know, what are the problems in the industry and can we solve them more efficiently? And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And hopefully after this call, I'm going to close a contract that's going to double our revenue overnight. So, you know, the message is getting out. I feel very fortunate to work with a collaborative team that views the gray hair as an asset back to the kind of good blocking and tackling. My old man, you know, grew up in the depression. I had a paper route and, you know, you got to analyze stuff. It's kind of wants versus needs. And if you do that, you'll be financially healthy and be able to weather these storms while you're delivering value for customers in the marketplace. So. Good times. Yeah. Long live gray hair. <laughs> I'm going right to silver. I'm just going to go right to Steve Martin. Lou, this is Brian from CMFT Ventures. Yeah, I think two things really stand out when I look back. First thing that you know, we're really proud of is the launch of a new venture fund that is focused on investing in companies led by underrepresented founders. We took a look at the venture capital space in 2020 and 21 and saw about 97% of all venture capital going to companies led by white male founders. We looked at our portfolio and it was not far off from where those statistics were. So we launched a new fund that focuses on investing in companies led by women, founders of color and other underrepresented groups. And just over a little over 12 months, we've grown that fund to over 16 fintech companies, many of which are focused on underserved markets, promoting financial inclusion. And we've been really excited to just see so many of those companies just accelerate their growth because they actually had an opportunity to access venture capital. The second thing that I'm proud of is just that we've really focused on creating an ecosystem to bring fintechs and credit unions together. We launched a virtual community to do that. We have over 2,000 members comprised of fintech companies, credit union and bank leaders, and other leaders in the fintech space, really to collaborate, to share ideas, to share best practices of how, you know, through this collaboration, both fintechs and traditional financial institutions can get stronger. So, you know, those are two things that certainly stand out as something that we're proud of for this year, but are really excited to continue to build out in the years to come. Lou, this is Rick from Glia. And one thing I'm uniquely proud of is how we've been supporting the most important people at any bank. And that is the people who deal directly with your customers. Never the highest paid, rarely the most revered, but your frontline people, those who are interacting with your customers every day ought to be thought of as the most important people in the organization. And changing the role definition of frontline customer service reps creating something that goes beyond the call center or even the contact center to something that feels more like a collaboration center, using artificial intelligence and bots to set frontline people up for greater success, to give them more of an opportunity to do what humans do best, and that is 
connect with another person. Anything that we can do that makes it easier, more fun, more fulfilling to be that person in that frontline position ultimately ends up benefiting everybody. So I'm very proud of the support that we're offering to the most important people in your organization. Lou, this is Will. In 2022 at Rapid, we wrapped up a two-year program where we provided the technology platform that the SBA used for their COVID-19 Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. Over that time period, we helped the SBA take over 21 million applications and fund $400 billion in loans and grants that supported small businesses across the United States. And that program really did save millions of small businesses through the depths of the pandemic. And it's something that we hope never to do again. Hopefully a once a career opportunity for us to help out. It was a big program and we're glad we were able to help. It's just phenomenal to hear all of these answers. I'm jumping back just a touch here, but when I think about news involving financial services that I can do without, a lot of times it involves the connections between banking and greed or people just wanting to make money or put shareholder value first. Certainly there is some of that out there, but people who think that that's all it is should be talking to each one of you because you have made tremendous contributions. I'm glad I asked you to brag because now I just feel warm inside <laughs> the perfect feeling for a Thanksgiving table. And if I may, the one thing I am really, really proud of is that this year I became the editor and publisher of Talking Biz News in October. It is a platform with more than 1 million page views per year, about 3,800 active subscribers and climbing. And what we hope to do is get more of this type of good news on there. Bankadelic will be embedded on Talking Biz News sometime before January 1st, 2023. And really just hope that I can continue to make contributions to get the word out about what people like you are doing and how financial services can change people's lives for the better. So with that, I want to thank all of you for being on this Thanksgiving episode and for making the time to sit at the table and partake of the bounty. Thanks, Lou. Awesome. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Lou. Will Tumulty is the CEO of Rapid Financial Services. Rick DeLisi, lead research analyst at Glia. Brian Koss, president and managing director of CMFG Ventures. Rob Strickland, chief revenue officer at Verifast. And Brad Tompkins, chief information officer at Virgin LMS. You can find them all on LinkedIn and running after me because I stole all the stuffing. And so there it is, another Thanksgiving come and gone, but maybe not entirely gone because we can sit around in a food coma, yell at the TV while our favorite football team blows it in the fourth quarter. And I got to tell you, thank goodness we managed to ditch Uncle Mortimer for this year's Thanksgiving. I told him it was taking place at some address, then when he GPSed it, it would take him out into the middle of the forest preserve and hello oh my god oh no 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 Whoa! it's uncle mortimer let me in i'll oh, forget it i'll come in myself 
Hi, everybody! Oh! oh. Hi, everybody! Guess what? I, I've written a new song for Thanksgiving. It goes like this. It's gobble, gobble, gobble. Who wants to robble? It's a Hamburglar Thanksgiving Day! Ha <laughs> ha! He goes, robble, 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 robble. Hey, Uncle Mortimer. I just have one question. Oh, sure, go ahead. Anything you want to ask me. As long as it involves cash that you're giving to me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my point. I'm wondering how much I could pay you just to maybe lay off the bad jokes at the Thanksgiving table. Oh, you couldn't pay me enough. That's too much fun. Oh, don't worry. I got a million jokes. Here's one. How come Snape from Harry Potter stands in the middle of the road? You know why? Because you never know what slide he's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody have anything to spike the punch with? <sighs> and so now with the dishwasher as stuffed with plates as we are with what was once on them, time to give out some special thank yous to the William Mills Agency for being our proud sponsor and Catherine Laws, the Tsarina of our special episode podcast. Thank you, Catherine, for getting together a BAFO panel. Our other sponsors, Banker Hire and Lemonade LXP. Our good friends over yonder in London, NMD Plus Productions, Dave Wallace, and Darmish Mystery Podcasters Extraordinaire. Thanks to our assistant engineer, Bankadella Cameron Costanzo, and to Talking Biz News. And of course, you, the listeners, don't miss out on those Bank Friday deals. Until next time, Lou Carloso saying, so long. Or as that translates into Turkey. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. Here's one. <laughs>